fine evening, Sunday evening, in fact, which is a little bit weird for us. Uh, we have Norwich number one chief at NCFC numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. Evening, everyone. We have on the ball's official random quiz master generator, which probably underplays the work he puts into it, Ryan Livermore. Evening, everyone. And making his on-the-ball video debut, I think, uh, but a true pod original. It's former Norwich Marshaller of the Press, Ben Mouncer. Good evening, Michael. Oh, it's lovely to have you chuckle. Lovely to have you chuckle on the pod, Ben. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for everyone out there. Happy Sundays. But of course, you could be listening to this at any point in the coming week or so, um, in which point I hope you're having a spiffing day. Uh, Steve, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, uh, it's still the weekend, which feels weird. Um, but yes, I am. I'm full of beans, and I know my beans, as indeed we all do. So yes, looking forward to to getting getting started. Wayne's gone straight for the beans puns. How strange. Um, Ryan, how are you? Oh, are you I'm okay? Brilliant. I'm brilliant. I'm fine. I've not been with it for three days, so I'm just running off fumes. Who knows what's going to happen tonight, guys? But I'm here, so that's all but- that matters, right? Yeah, it's been hot and, and Ryan's been working very hard, uh, which which does, um, you know, outdoors in the burning heat uh, make things difficult. But it's great to have you here, Ryan. Um, uh, and well, ho- hopefully you see out the pod. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, ben, welcome to you. Uh, thanks for joining us on video. This is lovely. How are you? Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, this is the first I've done of these in a while. The first podcast I've done in a while, actually. Oof. So um, forgive me if I'm a bit slow on the uptake, but it's great to be back. You know, as one of the founding fathers of this fine enterprise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be happy to be here. Thank, thanks for calling it an enterprise. All right, it's okay. We'll, we'll treat you as if it's Sam Byram against Bournemouth on Tuesday night. That's what we'll yeah. do. We'll see how we get on. Um, cracking, uh, if anyone watching is wondering why I'm wearing a hat um, and why this podcast might hopefully finally be under an hour, uh, it's because I'm going on holiday uh, in the early hours and I've got to get this podcast out and we can't overrun and I'm wearing a lovely cap, a classic Team Lotus cap, by the way, um, on the side of my head to get through this. If you're listening to this, I'm sure it will be available to watch post-event uh, on a social media platform if you've got nothing better to do. In the meantime, I reckon we get straight in with it, obviously, uh, with uh, this week's Headline Act. Well, absolutely no doubt that we all saw this coming. This is exactly what we thought over the opening weeks of the season. Two wins, four goals, six points. And this is why we all like the championship, right? Norwich are now sitting. Oh, I forgot to check. Where are Norwich now sitting in the table? Can anyone have a quick I did Just outside know. the playoffs. Six. Outside the playoffs. I think they it's were eighth at the moment. Eighth. Six. We've got six. We've got an eighth. I know they were seventh, I think, after the games. Um, but I've been a bit sweet. They are eighth. Well done. They are eighth. Um, on seven points from five games. Perfect, seamless. This is what happens um, when we go a day early. No no one has a clue where the hell we are. No, no, right. exactly. Um, but there has been more than 10% of the season gone already. There you go. <laughs> um, I, well, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, two two cracking games that we'll get, we'll get stuck into. Um, but I'd like to know the biggest positive we've seen since we were last on, but seven days ago. Um, the biggest positive, the biggest change, the biggest thing. Steve, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I think my positive, and I'm sure we'll we'll get on to um, talking about individuals. Um, I'm sure Ryan's got about 20 minutes that he wants to do on Daniel Sanani, um, and there's plenty of others who, who have caught the eye. Personally, for me, I think it was nice to get that feel-good factor back at Carrow Road. It feels like ages um, since, you know, we've really had that kind of confidence. I think having a load of new players has helped. Um some of whom, you know, we've signed, some of whom have come in through the youth system and just I can't, there felt like a, there was a real freshness on Friday night about the, you know, about the team, the way we played. I was, I was looking into it and um, so three years ago, uh, we beat Newcastle around this time, sort of, yeah, just over three years ago. So since then, we've had 10 wins at home in front of a proper crowd at Carrow wow. Road and three of them have been in the last 12 days so I think that gives, <laughs> it gives you some idea of how starved our fans have been at, well at home at least but really you know uh, home and away of any sort of entertainment so I think yeah it to me 
that was the main positive. But obviously, you know, in the, the wider context of the season, um, it feels like A, we're back in the race and B, we've got a system um, and, you know, we, we've discovered something that works and we look like a team that feasibly could be in the mix at the end of the season, which I think before seven days ago, um, we, we hadn't had that evidence yet. Ben, I love it when you're stroking your beard. It means you're concocting some <laughs> great thought. I'm actually trying to think of something else because that's exactly what I was going to say. So <laughs> <I'll stop laughs> and in fairness, no, but... though, it was remarkable, the freshness and, 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 and almost the lifting of the atmosphere. Uh, that that was that... like a tangible, almost like the ground. I mean, the, you ask Dean Smith and the players and they're always like, well, we're not really had the, we're not really had a hangover because that's just what they say. But, you know, in terms of the atmosphere around the ground, it was like a exhale. Yeah, I mean, my, my main... The, the main sort of source of enjoyment for me on Friday was just how how fun it felt to be back at Cow Road, and I think Steve highlighted it there with um, examples of how few sort of home matches we've won um, over the last few years, and where crowds have been present. And I think for me, it's just that feeling of enjoying the game. I wasn't actually at the Huddersfield game, but that certainly didn't like didn't feel like a game where that was enjoyable in the second half when um, things got a bit tense. But the Millwall game on Friday was um, was something that. I think I don't know. It just it just felt like a really and, and there was there was a bit of edge to the atmosphere as well um, for reasons which we probably won't go into. But, um, the away no, fans or, played their part. Indeed, <laughs> um, I was going to say we uh, Carl Carl Thompson says great week. Shame about the Millwall fans. First time in forty years I've been hit by missiles in the family. Yeah, family I mean side. when I say there was an edge, I, I obviously I'm not endorsing um, missiles being thrown at all. But uh, well, there I, I don't know. I, maybe the factor of it being a Friday night as well played into it. Um, the fact that we'd got that win on Tuesday, so it was a little less pressure on the team and the crowd were you know slightly more relaxed going into that match i don't know it just felt a really enjoyable um, occasion and actually what the, the two wins have done is put to bed some of the kind of early season nonsense that was flying around on social media around um a lot of you know the club's direction and the, man- the managerial staff and the, and the squad and everything i think people just panic very quickly um when at the beginning of a, of a championship season, as we've proven in our last couple of championship seasons, you don't need to start very quickly to, to be very, very successful. So I think it's kind of, it feels like our season has now started officially and we can, we can, as Steve said, begin to imagine what the team is going to look like and begin to feel optimistic about what might happen. Ben, can I have your choice cut of nonsense that you heard? Just, just one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, not really, because it's just you know you know what it's like with it's social media. Like I, I, I you just get it kind of flows over you, doesn't it? This um, general feeling, and I guess <laughs> extreme views are put in front of you more more so than they would be in a normal conversation. But yeah, I don't I don't want to pick out any one person or any particular example. But oh no, I think no. Um, I think it's yeah. I just it just feels like the season's now settling down, and we can we can begin to um, as I said enjoy it and have proper debates about about things and yeah i love that too well said and and yes what i would say is the atmosphere was fantastic from the moment the teams came out on 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 friday and then you know don't throw stuff and get in fights would be my only advice from that point onwards really um ryan go on biggest positive biggest thing uh i think the manner of the win on friday for me because we, we, we had a few, you know, sketchy performances at the start of the season, but Friday for me at least felt like uh, a team who is capable of competing at the top of this league in terms of grinding one out against uh, a difficult team. And albeit we had the the lion's share of the territory and possession in the first half, there wasn't that um, that cutting edge that we perhaps would have wanted so early, like there was against Huddersfield. However. It would have been so easy for this team a few games ago, a few months ago, to have persevered in that way and got deflated, but they kept plugging away. And then some of the one-touch movement in the final third and that second half in particular was was excellent. And it didn't feel like a team who hadn't won in that manner for such a long time. And then you, you have like players like Sonani and Sargent who have really come to the fore the last two weeks. And it just feels like the guys said that there's a positive atmosphere around the place again after that. And you just hope it's enough to carry on into the next few weeks at the very least. But we'll we'll have to just have to take it as it comes, as the cliche goes. But I, th- I think the manner of the win against such a stubborn team on Friday is uh, is my, my highlight for sure. 
See, that's a, that's a really interesting point because I mean I can't remember everything I've said over the start of the season. Like I try and be consistent, though I can't exactly recall what I've said. But I, I for for me, Millwall probably felt like the best team Norwich have played so far. I don't envisage Millwall being a top three team this season. I think they will certainly be probably top ten. They probably that's where it probably pitched at. Um, I am expecting Norwich to come up with probably against bigger um, and tougher teams to take on. But the, the thing for me is that every moment you've sort of doubted what Norwich are doing or whichever, um, I, I felt has come after a position where they should have been probably two or three nil up anyway if they were playing properly and taking their chances. That just so the fact that they've looked, I know it sounds stupid to say it, but you know, like a, a cut above most teams they've come up against. I, I don't really. I don't really feel and haven't really felt that there's been much issue with them being in the top half as long as they play to their potential. If they obviously just unraveled and, and didn't take their chances and, you know, they couldn't score despite how dominating they were, then then it'd be more of an issue. But so, um, and even the Huddersfield wobble, wobble, you know, it was a kind of inexplicable really coming against 10 men at home when they were already 2-0 up. So um, the fact in a way that they... Um, they coped with the game being pretty even against Millwall for the first 20 minutes. And then I've I've seen, obviously, what a lot of people said about the first half and it being quite stodgy. I I thought it was a pretty good platform to then build on in the second half. And they did (laughs) from the moment the second half. It wasn't like that second half came out of nowhere. They just, you know, built on the performance. So uh, in that instance, I thought it was a cracking performance. And obviously, they've got to win away from home. I think I, I did just see, yeah, Gary Field popped in. Um, that's the home form sorted now for the way for nil points from six so far. Yeah, he's right, but I, I maintain, Gary, everyone, there is no way Norwich should have lost a card if they were rubbish. <laughs> and, um, and you know, I don't believe that it was a pass by Romain Sawyers. I did think it was a shot on goal. But, you know, I think you play that game probably nine times, uh, say ten times, I think Norwich probably win it eight, especially if they're in the rhythm of a season. Um, and, you know, Hull probably should have been three nil down at you know, after 20 minutes as well. So I think that, that Cardiff performance was the only one that we could really say was, was a bad performance this season. I don't think, you know, although Cardiff weren't good either, I don't think we really deserved to get that much out of uh, out of that game, really just by the way we performed. Everything since then, you know, has been, we've either played well or, or been, yeah, and won and, or been slightly unlucky. Um, I mean, I, I, I was looking at this week and, okay, <laughs> this might be slightly overboard, but I would there were some slight parallels to the the situation in 2018-19 at the start of that season when we were we we picked up one win I think Farker's job was looking a little bit precarious we were playing okay but not winning games um, and then Jordan Rose got injured and suddenly you've got to adjust unexpectedly the team in a way that you wouldn't necessarily have done and suddenly Pookie plays up front and um, by by kind of more luck than judgment really you've stumbled across uh, a, a system that just suited us for the rest of the season and I don't know what the guys think whether that's something that we've stumbled across here or whether it's or whether you know I'm getting ahead of myself and we will go back to to team who I you know next Saturday don't know if this is the post Pookie era yet, Steve, but um, I think <laughs> no, nor am I. I completely get what you're saying, and that almost happened as well in that mini revival that we had in the Premier League. Well, I say mini revival, that decent spell with the two up front under Dean Smith in the Premier League last year. That happened almost by by accident. Two as games, well. <laughs> two games but in the Premier League for Norwich. That's a good run. <laughs> true, true. Um, so yeah, often you, I think you do fall upon these solutions by accident um but yeah i think uh, i think you're absolutely i think you're absolutely right steve like but what it does show is that we do have that squad depth which we've spoken a lot about this season but we have seen i mean the t- the system we do have a system now that we feel like we can trust and we have players in that system but we also have so many options um certainly you know if you look at Adam Eder potentially coming back and how he fits into it. Rashid, so I'm not entirely sure what the, the future holds for him right now because he's clearly just fell down the pecking order a bit. But um, yeah, di- diff- different ways of different different players to, f- to fit into the system. And I think that that bodes well for, for how we move forward. Just while we're on depth, our bench on Friday was uh, Angus Gunn, Ben Gibson, Gabriel Sarah, Aaron Ramsey, Todd Campwell, Milot Rashid, Tami Puki. 
I mean, that is well, not they, bad at they championship start, level. I would say they would probably start in 18 to 20 mm-hmm. of the 24 other teams, probably. I would say so. mm-hmm. um, and that's without Isaac Hayden obviously being back in the team. And Ida. Ida. Um, and I suppose that mm-hmm. midfield mix is really interesting. I do think there's a lovely dynamic and you can see them enjoying playing um, with, e- with each other together. Um, uh, oh, and the point that I was going to make, oh yeah, no, I'm going to make it now because I, I think, you know, I thought Kieran Dow played well. I know some people were sort of questioning that maybe in the first half, but I, I thought he played well and had an impact in both goals, helped make them happen. And um, then El Sanani is an interesting one because I, I think we've spoken about him linking well with Max Ahrens and looked like he's linked well with Kieran Dow and Josh Sargent as well on Friday. Um, Daniel Sanani, Ryan is linking with everyone well. Of course he is. Of course he is. Um, what I like most about him coming off the right is I think he he gives a little bit, from what I've seen anyway, I don't know how you guys feel, he gives a bit more variety to Max Aaron's game because I always felt under Daniel Farker, you kind of had this idea of Emi Buendia on the right would come in field and Max Aaron's would always overlap. Um, sometimes with Daniel, he can hug the touchline a bit before he comes in and that allows a bit of an underlap as well and Max Aaron's to penetrate those half spaces. And Max is one of those fullbacks who can affect so, like so much going forward. Man, I think he. I genuinely worry now before the end of the window that we will lose him because for the money you're going to get from Max Aaron's, you can't possibly find a replacement as good as him at what he does. He's so good at carrying the ball and he's he, he can genuinely take on two or three players and get past them before getting a ball in. And it's and to allow him that space to work in is something which I think Daniel's done in, in such a way that you can keep people guessing on that flank. And also as well, we saw the way he linked up with Josh Sargent in both games with um the ball through for Tom Lees' red card against Huddersfield and the short intricate movement uh, on Friday as well. I think he's I think he's got a bit of everything and I do think he's the creative link that we've been missing for a long, long while, certainly since Emmy's Emmy's gone, that's for sure. I think on Max as well, there's there's more emphasis on him given we've got Kenny McLean playing at left back, so that balance of the team. I do think with the four three three, there's a little less emphasis on Max being a kind of marauding fullback than there is in the four two three one because I think the two the two mid the two attacking central midfielders were kind of relying on that. It's almost a front five Smith once with the two wide men, the striker, and then those two central midfielders pushing up high up the pitch and 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 with the with the um, instruction to be very creative. So I think it's it's interesting. Um, and how Max's role is maybe slightly tweaked, but I completely agree. Like, and he's he's developing, in, I feel like, into a leader now in this team as well. Mm. Which, um, which you know, he should be. He's played a lot of games for us now, and he's got some great experience in this division in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, I love him. Um, I'm still I'm still not completely sold on Sinani. Um, I think he, but his, you can't argue with his numbers so far this season, obviously. And as we know, Michael Dean Smith is has some sort of system where if you don't get a goal or an assist, like you're going to be dropped. That's right, isn't it? Well, I liked hearing that. Yeah, that's what Josh Sargent <laughs> said. If you, you, we've got lots of goal creators, assists or scorers, so if you don't do that, you're not playing. That's what mm-hmm. he said. Is that why Todd was left out then? Well, I think that was more of a he, he was the one they opted to rest. So, um, but that could be the diplomatic um, answer. But I have to say, I, I was thinking about that in the first half against Millwall and thinking, or oh, because people were sort of saying, oh, get Todd on, get Kieran off. And I was looking at it thinking, no, because the, the ground and the way Kieran was was linking, I was liking what he was doing. He he, he was sort of felt like he was, um, you know, enabling the pass before the assist, which is obviously uh, uh, a I mean, lovely term. The, 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 thing, the thing with Dowell is he's, He's never going to be a Todd Campbell or an Emmy Buendia who will, you know, dictate the game and have the most touches on the pitch. That's just not the kind of of number ten, if we're going to use numbers, that he is. Um, but what he can do is affect games in moments, as he had, as he did on Tuesday. Should have got an assist really for the second goal, which Sergeant kind of fluffed. And on Friday night, when he, you know, watching that back, his through ball obviously that goal really was mostly about Josh Sargent but his pass through was fantastic I mean I don't really know what more you want from your number 10 than to have an impact on games in that way especially someone like Dale who does tend to drift in and out of games we know that about him but when he's on his game and if you give him the space to do things like that which by the way you know it wasn't it wasn't just those two moments I think he he nearly created a few more things um I, I think he's had a pretty encouraging start to the season to be honest I don't really get that criticism he is. I think he's, I think he's one of those players who can. No, sorry, Mike. I was just going to say. I think he's one of those players who who can 
become really impactful when games open up and kind of in second halves of games. I think what happened in the first half was maybe Millwall's, Millwall's press in the central areas was quite good. So I think we weren't able to move the ball as quickly as we'd have liked through there. But I think as the game wore on, we were able to get um, Dowell and Nonez further forward and resulted in kind of Dowell impacting the game as he did early in the second half. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he 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 can play in that in that sort of free eight role, but also as a ten and off off the flank as well. And I don't think any of us would be able to say sort of with confidence what his what his best position is really. But um, he's certainly going to be a a useful player to have have as an option this season um, for for Norwich for sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, a few things. I think D- Dean Smith described at one point that um, Kieran Dow sprinted and he then made the point that Kieran Dow would like the fact that he used the word sprint. So that makes me think that they've spoken a bit about the pace at which Kieran covers the pitch because he's not really a sprinter, but he does cover the ground a lot, but he just sort of does it at the same pace. I think he's quite efficient, but it just doesn't ever look like he's going to bust And I think up. that's but maybe why fans, fans yeah. maybe kind of get more yeah. annoyed with him than they maybe mm. do with others because he's playing at what they probably interpret as a leisurely pace. Yeah, but, but it's, it's his one his pace. pace. And yeah. what I would say, um, he's the sort of player when you watch the game second time around, which I guess not many people do, <laughs> but I do. You watch it and you're like, you know, what? he's had a really good game there because you see more of what he's doing because uh, you probably, you know, yeah, he to seven seconds works, works smart, not hard, right? Well, I think that's what he would say, definitely. <laughs> but then it sounds like the manager has also said, can you work a bit harder too? <laughs> but there we go. And I mean, also, I mean, I think Daniel Sanani is another player who is going to drift in and out of games. I think we've seen that too. And, you know, there'll be a bit, there'll be periods where it doesn't happen for him and then periods where it does, which I think is why at Huddersfield, it was kind of a mixed reaction to him for what I could tell all year. You know, a lot of the fans liked him, but some were a bit like, mm. so, you know, I think let's see how everything develops, but clearly, you know, he is probably playing with better players. I would like to think uh, this year. Um, or this season. Um, obviously, Paul Frake has come in with his biggest positive, Josh Sargent. Now, I, you know, I, I mean, I said at the start, we, we may owe him an apology. I don't know if we do owe Josh an apology because, you know, in the context of everything from last season, I don't think we were harsh or unfair. I think it was what it was. We're obviously operating in a And obviously, if, if you guys all disagree with that, then shout <laughs> and then we'll apologise. Um, but what it, what it is brilliant to say, you know, having spent 12 months going, he wasn't ready yet. Um, he clearly looks ready for the championship now, Steve, because I thought those two finishes were fantastic. They're just brilliant to see. And then you yeah. factor in the running, how many, how much he ran, how how powerful he was, um, how his hold-up play is generally absolutely fine at this level. Um, and he seems to have the better of defenders when he's when he's on it. Um, it's exciting, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, I mean, I. I think maybe we do owe him a little bit of an apology because I think he was the brunt of quite a lot of our of our jokes. I don't know. Were they jokes? Well, I don't know. Snidey comments maybe last season. Um, when we signed him, I thought it sounds like we've signed, I've probably said this on the pod before, it sounds like we've signed the American Cameron Jerome here. And that to me is proving <laughs> like it might <laughs> be fairly accurate because I think he had a sort of Jerome type season last year, albeit from a wide role, really. And that's maybe the key here is that we haven't perhaps seen him in his best position that often. Um, and he could be he could be really lethal in the championship. And, it, you know, three, he's I think he's joint top scorer at the moment. So um, it's not a bad start. And um, I think the, the main take the main positive for me on Friday with Sargent's performance is the second goal could not have been scored by Tammy Puki. I feel like a very anti-Tamu tonight. <laughs> Obviously really not meaning to be. But I think that was the key takeaway for me is that, you know, the strength that he showed, and it wasn't a foul. I, I, I've watched it back a few times. I can't see a foul in there. Um, uh, it, it just, it's not so, you know, the first goal was the kind of give and go that Tamu is superb at. Um, and, but the, the second one was the strength and it was a different goal to the kind that we would score under Daniel Farker. Um, and the other thing with Sargent that I tend to forget is he's only 22. I, yeah. I, I forget. I keep forgetting how young he's. Younger than Max Aarons. He's two years younger than Todd Campwell. So there's still a lot of potential there. And it's kind of exciting that, you know, I, it's, it's going to be exciting to see that this season. I, I really hope what we've seen over the last few days continues. That's a really good t- point. He's 10 years younger than you and I, Steve, which is... Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I definitely yeah. am an 20, <laughs> 20. So you can all shut up. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think that's... It, 
it's really the that was the point for me that I I know yeah we, you know that I kept mentioning was that whatever he was he wasn't that yet and you kind of knew from how young he was that that at least there would be the the time for him to prove it either way. Um, I remember someone. I think, a few- sorry, Mike. I was just going to on that point. I just want to say um, I think physically he looks bigger this season. Like he's definitely kind of bulked out and um, done some conditioning work mm. in the off season. I think that's that's helped him certainly in his performance on Friday. I mean, I agree. It wasn't. I didn't think it was a foul, but also I've seen Grant Hanley fall over a lot and get fouls, um, which aren't no, generally fouls. So they that's clever enough. Then in that case, Hanley, no, well, Hanley flop is uh, is a skill in my book. That's, that's yeah. Not maybe the key is to do it one on one rather than do it when you've got another defender near you because yeah. you're never going to get a decision when there's two v one. Maybe that's the key. But I mean, I mean, Tamer Pookie would have made the finish, I suppose. It's just he never would have made. You know, you almost would have had two play needed two players if Tamer had been on the pitch. Tamer would have finished it, and someone would have done the hard work beforehand whereas Josh Sargent can do it all um but it was interesting because someone had mentioned to me um <clears throat> uh, a week before I don't know maybe it was in the group I can't remember now how how Josh Sargent reminded them of 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 Grant Holt and I was kind of like uh. but then you know you kind of thought of some of that performance against Millwall some of it and we're talking about very fleeting and we're not going to get carried away but you know there were elements there where he's like well yeah Grant Holt would have done that um so that's good and I thought you made a great point there Steve that ultimately Norwich played Millwall twice two years ago and they made they had two goalless draws essentially because they couldn't work out a way to get around Millwall's you know kind of man for man system across the pitch and the power that they were showing uh, they looked really comfortable and actually they kind of looked similarly comfortable in the first half at Carrot I thought on Friday the difference was Norwich found a way to have the power to beat Millwall that's only one team but you know, maybe then. And not. Sergeant was absolutely absolutely critical in that. Obviously, his finishes were fantastic. Lots of things said about them, but the, you mentioned it in, when you started talking about him, Michael. But his the ground he covered, and the speed at which he covered it, and the aggression he showed on and off the ball. Um, you know, when you go to a park and you see like a, a a dog walker, and they have one of those devices which like throws a ball, and the dog goes like hurtling after it and like bundles over and like gets the ball. That that's kind of what Josh Sargent was like, and I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. Oh, yeah. Do we owe him another apology? He was, our, <laughs> um, he, <laughs> he was that enthusiastic hound that was just running <laughs> into every corner and coming out with the ball. And that the second goal was a perfect example of that. But I think it was so critical in moving us up the pitch. I said earlier about how, how Dowell and, and Nonius found themselves higher up in the pitch in the second half. I think Sargent had an absolutely critical role to play in that because he was he was working those Millwall defenders um yeah in 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 such a consistent and aggressive way. Is, is that, nothing um, but a hound dog. Is that tennis ball? Is that tennis ball throwing drill? What uh, Kieran Dale's not been impressing him? Do we think he's, he's not been sprinting? He just ambles up to the ball and he's just like, no, 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 no! You're not doing this right. Watch Josh. Watch Josh do this. Less poodle, more Rottweiler. Kieran, come on. Um, well, Tammy Pook is definitely more like feline. He sort of skulks on the shoulders of oh, yeah, the he defenders, is. doesn't yeah. he? So we've got a canine feline oh, sort of cats options and dogs. up front, which is well, yeah. which as a cat and dog, maybe they'd work as a. As a pairing, then, but we'll save that debate for another day. Cause no, because they don't get on cats and dogs, Michael. Well, yeah, centre back is the centre back line as well, though. There's Michael Cox did the piece on the Athletic. Go read it, everyone. Um, okay, that's grand. We'll wrap that up, um, uh, and I reckon we move on to things we are not going to talk about. So we'll crack on with our list of things we're not going to talk about. It. Uh, you touched on one I wanted to bring up first of all, Ryan. While you guys will think of other ones, um, Max Aaron's leaving. I mean, I just, I just don't see it. I know that people have started talking about it now but that would have had to have happened at the start of the window essentially and even if Sam Byram is fit uh, now all of a sudden um, I don't there's, there's no way Max should be leaving now if they uh, with the squad they've got because they won't have enough fullbacks <laughs> so uh, unless they've got someone lined up they know they can get at the flick of a switch properly um, you know I might be wrong but I, I, I would be amazed I'm disappointed if Max went now that's something that should have already happened in my head um, but you know we had a bit of Tim Krull speculation did we linking him with Manchester United I saw that pop up which I know he, in fairness I've known he's been on Manchester United's sort of long watch list for about 18 months so isn't everyone on Manchester United's well, long watch mate, list well I mean. maybe or, or not <laughs> including some of the players they end up signing um, so that doesn't surprise me. It surprised me that it's maybe come out now. That seems quite interesting timing. And obviously you think about Eric Ten Hag 
literally being Dutch and you're like, all oh, right, it's Dutch. So that's a link. I mean, um, is, but, yeah. is that all it is, though? Because supposedly, you know, the reason that they don't want De Gea is because he's not good with his feet. And I know Tim Krul's much better than he used to be, but I wouldn't say that's a massive forte of his Hang on, are we, saying, are we talking about Tim Krul replacing De Gea here? Hang on. Well, it's, it, that, that's <laughs> it's just well back up, back up. All right, all right. Okay. Put him under pressure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. also, I don't. I think Tim Krul gets a bit of a gets a bit hard done by. Well, I, I'm not. I'm, I think it's pretty. I'm not good. saying he's bad, but I'm also not saying that he's a champion. Yeah. You know, if, if you imagine I'd want to be a Champions League team with like an Edison or an Allison well, yeah, like yeah. distribution, he's not <laughs> anywhere near that level. <laughs> and he's not he one was, of the best two goalkeepers in the world, is what I'm saying. At distribution, <laughs> fair enough. You know. He was noticeably slow at distributing the ball on Friday night as well. I thought, and I think he got considered. For it, he did, yeah. considered. Yeah, considered. He's going to get a lot of yellow cards, I think, this season for being <laughs> slow on goal. Okay. Um, but on the transfer window, obviously, we'll see about left backs. Uh, they might be able to ride it out now. <laughs> Kenny McLean playing as the inverted left back that yeah, basically plays talk a central about midfielder. No. <laughs> 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 Next week. Next week. But this is specifically things we're not going to talk about. Um, uh, and then uh, Jordan Hugill. I don't know. But I mean, if, if Adamida's back, <laughs> what does Jordan do? Because he's not really getting a look in now. Um, anything you guys don't want to talk about? Go on. Well, I um, Kenny, but we're really not going to talk about that. <laughs> well, how do you not want to talk about Kenny, Steve? Well, I, I sort of think that, that Dean Smith deserves a bit of credit here because I listened to last week's pod uh, this weekend. So after the two games at which you were kind of saying, oh, what's going to happen with... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with hindsight. <laughs> with the benefit of hindsight, um, your suggestion of Ben Gibson seemed hilarious however it was a viable option who has actually, actually played a left back hang on yeah yeah yeah. I, hey i'm you know i'm not having a go i'm just saying that with hindsight but <laughs> it was a viable option and smith could have easily done that because it would have meant he wouldn't have had to break his midfielder but he did and he put kenny there and he put liam gibbs in center midfield and i think it's fair to say that by taking that risk which is not really the easy option it has really come up trumps and gibbs has thrived there in the last two games so i think smith deserves some credit for that Good shout. I just love him playing just so centrally and just sort of going out, oh, leave that bit. That's all right. You know, <laughs> behind me, I'll be fine. Um, which is grand. Anyone else? Don't want to talk about Floodlights. No. Mm. Well, 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 why don't you want to talk about them, Ben? It's my, it was my first experience of them on Friday night, the new ones. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's because where where I'm sitting, but it, they, 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 they're going to take some getting used to. That's all I say. They are burning everyone's retinas. I'm pretty yes. sure. But, um, you know, it's a bit like when they probably first installed PA systems 50 years ago and they were at, you know, like 7,000 decibels and everyone's like, it was a bit loud there, wasn't it? And then someone's like, what? I can't hear you. And everyone had deafness from 20, yeah. 23. I'm aware I sound very, very Norfolk, like completely no, no. about them because every other stadium has this quality of floodlight. But, um, no, but yeah. you say that. I, I go around to other stadiums and it was generally, I came back for the first game, Carol, and I was like, bloody hell, it's so bright. And I think it's yeah. because they're quite... I don't know if it's because the city's. I don't know if it's because the angles or something, but they are incredibly bright. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think a, a recent fan thing they suggested that they might look into the angles and whether there is any way it could be slightly, you know, retina saving. So we'll see. Um, anything you don't want to talk about, Ryan? Uh, I don't want to talk about Onel Hernandez and how. I love him, but he frustrates me like there's no tomorrow, man. He really, really does. I've never seen someone make up so much ground and then just stop and then go, what now, guys? And just, we don't know what's going to happen next. And that's part of the fun until he smashes across against a defender and it breaks down. Like, it, 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 I, I don't think he's the the solution, put it that way. I know that sounds painfully obvious, but I saw a load of people calling for him to be back, back in the starting 11 and I don't, I don't think it's... I don't think you can rely on him for the bulk of this season. You just can't. But Ryan, have you seen his interview? I think it was in the program where he was saying like he just he oh. wants to live, live in Norwich forever. And that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. He's at Riverside every day. Yeah, yeah getting a getting a cortado from Costas. You can yeah. tell him this at Costa at Costa Coffee, yeah. Ryan. I, 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 yeah, I will, I will do. I genuinely saw him in B and M at Riverside last week. So I was. <laughs> he just went up and down the aisle, stopped, turned around, and went back again. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least he didn't sort of throw his payment card at the end and miss the till um uh but, but you know 
Anel, it's a great player. He can, he can have a real impact this year. He really can have a real impact this year. It's probably oh, not going to be from starting no, no. 40 games. But Yeah, sure this is the thing. Like with, with 10, 15, 20 to go, bring him on by all means against a tiring defence. But to start him like Friday, you, you can't do that for 20, 20 30 more games. You, you just can't if you want to get top six in this league. He'll, he'll start at times. He'll start at times. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, well done, Barley Mumba. Scored his first uh, league goal for Plymouth. Well, he's having a good time. At Pl- well, eventful time, certainly. I think he's he's ticking all the boxes. We've had a sending off. We've had a goal now. So <laughs> keep keep up the good work, Barley. Um, Norwich City Fan Social Club, they've got their players for him this week. Uh, it's at Carra Road. What I would do is suggest you look at their social media for, uh, uh, feeds to check when it is because... I, at the moment of writing, don't know. But I think it might be Thursday, Wednesday, but enjoy it. Um, go take, uh, go and check it out. Uh, Tim Krull is there, Anel Hernandez, and Liam Gibbs. We haven't even mentioned yet, but I'm sure we'll get to it in a bit. Um, and other things we're not going to talk about, um, Mark Atanasio. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about it probably at oh, some yeah. point. Properly. <laughs> yeah. um, he is going to become a director at, at Norwich City. There is a, uh, the club have called a um, shareholders meeting for September the 12th to have a vote on making him a director at the football club, which is interesting. Um, he's obviously in the process of buying Michael Forger's 18% shareholding, which would make him a minority shareholder in the club. Very rich man, owner of the um, MLB franchise, Milwaukee Brewers. Not someone you'd expect to just sit around as a um, minority shareholder at a football club, uh, but he will be on the on the board of directors. Uh, I can say that with assurance because the club don't want any shareholders to turn up to this meeting because uh, it's going to be really short. They just want them to vote in advance by by proxy, uh, and also doesn't really matter what they vote because the only vote that will get it through is Delia and Michaels. <laughs> so, and presumably the fact they <laughs> set up this meeting means they will vote this through. The other well, slightly turn up, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? The other slightly you know, cute, yeah, would be, up. yeah. No one's turning up. No one wants to turn up. Uh, Mark Atanasio is not going to be at this meeting. He's not flying over for it. Uh, it's not the only thing on the meeting agenda, and no one will be able to attend this meeting. The only slightly curious point is that they don't have to hold this meeting for Mark Atanasio to become a director. Um, they could just appoint him and then vote him on at the AGM. Why don't they do that then? I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> Why don't they do that? So there's Maybe obviously stuff know, going on. Enough. Stuff <laughs> going on. Um, so there we go. That's why we're not going to talk about it because there will be plenty of opportunities to do that probably on September the 13th, um, which sounds... Or really live outside Carrow Road on yep. September the 12th. Like we're going to stream our podcast down. live. Well, yeah. Sit down in the car park, <laughs> uninvited, and just talk for seven days until we've got to the bottom of it all. <laughs> by talking to people who walk past us. Anyway, none of this is helping tie this podcast into uh, less than an hour. So um, have we got any good comments or questions, Steve? Um, checking them. Well, just, just one that's just coming from Sam Maguire. I mean, we don't have to talk about this, but let's talk about ex-Norwich City player, Louis Thompson with his injury. Such a shame for a young player. Um, I don't actually know how young he is now, but um, yeah, I think he broke his leg, didn't he, yesterday playing for Portsmouth? So he didn't. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. I could Joey Martin's Bristol Rovers. Oh. Yeah. Make of that what you yeah. will. Um, oh, I will so for him. flag up another couple well, that you have actually flagged up. Um, Again, down in League One, Norfolk Dumplin has said, looks as if we could have the old farm derby back. Well, that is the most pessimistic thing we've seen on this podcast. All. I mean, because A, you're not only saying that Ipswich are coming up, but that we're not going up. Yeah, Ipswich can't get promoted to the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> I, I do I do think not this might, this, they're going to go, they, they clearly look like they're capable of going well this year. That's a pretty strong start. Yeah. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they'll find a way to mess up. There's some good teams in League One. Um, and, <laughs> Clip um, that out. <laughs> Simon, Simon Duarte has said, I would like to say, as, as you kind of teed this up, Michael, how impressed I've been with Liam Gibbs' maturity looks composed and the steel we need in midfield. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. The only thing I slightly recoil at, and I've seen it a couple of places, um, yeah. I don't think you can fairly judge whether he's better or not than Billy Gilmore because there is no, no. championship performances <laughs> you can look at and go well you know we, maybe maybe apart from Marcelino Nunez because he does look like such a class apart from pretty much most championship midfielders 
uh, I wouldn't say Louis, Liam Gibbs looks like that. He looks like a very, very good young player. But I, I, you know, either of them, it's very hard to judge how they would do. I, I, th- I was, I was going to say, Michael. I think if you put Billy Gilmore into this team and played him in the games that Liam Gibbs has played, he'd have played that role in a very similar way and maybe in a better way. But not, I think Gibbs has been a great and a revelation and another beneficiary of kind of because he wouldn't have been playing if things had gone how they'd you know gone with um, left backs falling off a cliff and midfielders having to play out there and Isaac Hayden getting getting badly injured or having a having a having his knee cleaned out. Um so yeah, he's kind of been thrown in there and he's he's done really well. Um I, I yeah, I'm interested to see how he's gonna do if he does play against Sunderland. And I think this there's a wider I don't want to call it concern, but an interest I think in how we're gonna do in that game. Um I think it's gonna be a real marker i think of where where we're at as a as a team and i don't i don't mean quality i mean mentality because i think i'm not fully convinced yet that this team has the constitution to go away from home regularly in this division and get the results play the way that you need to to get results away at teams like Sunderland who are had a great start to the season they're going to have 38,000 people in the stadium it's going to be on telly it's going to be an interesting test i think um if we and, and you know i'm not saying we're not going to come through it I wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if we go if we go there and win. But um, and it kind of links back to what you've said a couple of times, Michael, about the togetherness in this squad and that team spirit, that mentality, which maybe we saw a bit more potentially on Friday. But we're not absolutely certain about how bonded this squad is. Um, that that stuff becomes really important when you play matches like this that we're going to play against Sunderland next weekend. So yeah, that's um, and with Gibbs, I think how how is he going to fare when? we're going to have periods of that game where we're going to, where, where we're going to suffer. And this is what managers talk about all the time is suffering in matches and being able to suffer. And I think that's going to be really interesting spotlight on Liam Gibbs when, um, when that happens, because I think so far, I mean, he has shown good defensive flashes as well as that kind of metronomic possession um, game that he's got. But um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how, how, how he develops the season because I am excited by him. I think he, um, he looks like the kind of midfielder we haven't really got, which, which is good. And he's so young as well. It's, it's he's three years younger than Josh Sargent. Oh, oh <laughs> my god, thirteen years younger than. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that, Sam. Um, yeah, I think it's his physicality, Liam, that, that's impressed me so far. Mm. Um, because you know some of the stuff you were saying there, Ben. Some people were saying when he comes up against Millwall, how will he do? Um, and you know he does. Yeah, it's not necessarily the one-on-one sort of physical physical battles. I think it's sustained pressure from an opposition in a different in a different mm. environment, different atmosphere. I think it's going to be interesting. And I do, I do think, I have a feeling, although I haven't seen them play properly yet, that Sunderland will be in and in and about the playoff mix this year. I can see that definitely. Right, let's um, let's move on to e shall to, shall we to e um in we to e shall we? This is almost fantasy football. This is almost fantasy football. Right, no need to copy me, jo- uh, uh, Motti. Um, right, uh, after bigging up how big it was last week, uh, this week we have Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup at home on Tuesday night. A deja vu, as it is almost exactly 12 months. Is it 12 months to the day, the game? Uh, well, probably, I meant to check it, but it probably is. It's close enough to the uh, to the 6 0 thrashing that obviously set Norwich up so well last season. Um, to score another six home goals, whatever it was. Um, so that'll be exciting. And then as we've been talking there and teeing up quite nicely, Sunderland at home, Saturday morning. It's going to be an early start for those of you who go. Uh, had I been here, I may still not have gone. <laughs> but I hope um, I hope if you do go, you have a safe trip. Um, and that is live on Sky as well. Uh, so the trip to your living room or public house might be more uh, appealing. Um I mean, it is uh, Alec Neal and Alex Pritchard reunions at the Stadium of Light, which is which is fun. Hey, Ryan, good old Pritch. There's a there's an interview with Pritch I did, by the way, um, just before he joined Sunderland last year, while he was still a free agent. That's on the Athletic. Give that a read. That's a plug. Mm. Yeah, and Patrick Roberts too. I think is he at Sunderland oh, still? Yes, mm-hmm. I think he is. Yes. Norwich's best player for the nineteen twenty season, according to his brother. But yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, I, I do you know what I'm really looking forward to it. I not least for as obvious as it sounds, all the points you guys have said because I I agree. I think Sunderland will be the one of the surprise packages this year. I think Alec Neal is. Um, I do genuinely believe him to be a really thank you a really really 
good coach. And I think he's still got a lot of room to grow as a manager. And I think we've seen that from him over his time at Preston as well, what he did with a shoestring budget there. Um, and I think Sunderland are probably one of, if not the biggest club in the division, all things considered. And I think he's he's going to really win over some some people there as the season goes on. I I don't know a great deal about them, as you can probably tell from the fact I'm saying a lot about nothing. But, <laughs> no, it's perfect. This is no, no, but this, is, but this is the thing. Like, I, do, I do genuinely think that going to the Stadium of Light is going to be one of the, the grounds where a lot of teams will come unstuck this year because the atmosphere there, now they're kind of on an upward trajectory, is going to be absolutely rocking all the time. Um, I did notice the other day, though, that they played QPR at home and would tune up with, what was it, 10 minutes left? And then Diang, the goalkeeper, came up for a corner and scored a header. And that always makes me chuckle as a goalkeeper myself. So I am I have no idea really what to expect on Saturday, but I do also echo Ben's points. So I think this is the kind of game where you really... It, it, it's um, you see really, really see what we're, we're made of, you know. The, the interesting thing about the cup game, I suppose, Steve, is that um, there's not really much riding on it other than progressing in the cup and getting some minutes into players, isn't there? I mean, I, I, I imagine it's probably still too soon for Isaac Hayden, um, but Sam Byram will play. I think that's already been said. Adamida will play as well. Uh, I guess it's fringe fringe players like Timu Puki, fringe players. Yeah, yeah, get, 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 team, yeah, get team in. Yeah, I believe he's never going to start for us again, is he in the league? No, I didn't think he's going to play for us again. Just sell him. him. Don't need him. Don't need him. That would be my take. Absolute hot take. Don't need him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely clip that one out if we're going to cancel it. Cancel his contract. Yeah, yeah. Just cancel it. Because you know. people don't understand irony, do they? Out of context. Please, so. please, don't don't <laughs> clip it out. Oh, he's lost it. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. You know, it'll be it'll be it'll be a fun night pressure off against yeah. the Premier League team that got absolutely smashed by Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I sort of uh, I, I watched the uh, I just saw the match of the day highlight to that um, Bournemouth Arsenal game, and I thought I do not envy you. I'm quite glad to be where we are this season, actually, because uh, it felt very similar to some of our uh, games last season. So, um, yeah, I mean, if we go through, we go through. That'd be nice. Um, I I think yeah the. It's nice to get home draws in the cup, isn't it? I mean, I have to say I'm much, much more excited about Sunderland. Um, I think that feels like a proper... I mean, with all due respect to the five teams we've played in the league so far, none of them have really kind of got the juices flowing, whereas I just think this is one of those that could go, as Ryan said, any one of of three ways, really. Like, we could win, we could lose. We Um, will get a result. One way we will, one. yeah. I mean, sorry, that's the kind of ridiculous cliche <laughs> thing. Any game could do that, but I can. All three outcomes are definitely possible, and I think it's going to be a really good gauge of where we're at. Obviously, there's the Alec Neal connections we've already said. I was looking into his record because they play with the back three, which to me seems unusual for an Alec Neal team. But we did do it four times when he was manager. And we lost all four games. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't always, know, but yeah. He's always quite a creative tactician, though, Alec. Alex, Alec Neil. Um, Alec, so, Alec, Alex, Alec Neil. Is that what you used to call him in the press conference? I feel like Alec I should Alex. just call him Alex and be done with it, but I've sort of stuck to it for so long now, I couldn't possibly change it. Um, uh, yeah, it was interesting because Dean Smith said that I think every team Norwich have played up, played against so far this season have played with a back three. I think that might be right. Or I think, I think Hull mm. changed to a four from a three because mm. they'd been playing a three. But everyone, it's the championship fashion to play with the back three unless you're Norwich who are steadfastly sticking to their four and on they go so there we go um can you remember that um when we played Rotherham last summer in the championship away from home that's quite early on in the season I think that we we kind of scraped a win there without playing particularly well um and we I think that set us off on one of our unbeaten runs for that season it it feels a bit like that I think we'd gone into the Rotherham game having lost to Derby and so we hadn't had the two wins that we have got going into this one but it feels like a similar kind of challenge, like Sunderland away. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough, and we're going to have to, as I said, learn learn to suffer. I think for parts of that game, and not not make those those silly errors which have um, put a dampener on our other away trips this season. Love it, love it. Mm. Um, well, I think we've wrapped up all that, which probably only leaves us with Kenny other business. Um, which is in the same position as normal. It hasn't drifted further inside and left a gaping hole at the end of the pod. So that's good. Um, <laughs> love him. I love him. It's only said with love and affection. Um, uh, Ryan, Ryan, did you want to throw out 
throw out one of your five second challenges go on let's do it let's do oh, it on, the time. let's do it. this is good fun ben welcome to the uh world <laughs> of the five second challenge my friend i don't know what this is but i'm Great. all for it that's fine thank you for paying so much attention to the previous pod <laughs> not only was he not on he didn't bother listening so bad i've got You're a six week old baby right <laughs> <laughs> he can have a go too or she um, so you have we do five seconds. Dan Brigham. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. This is Dan's worst nightmare. So Ben, right, you're, gonna, go. you're, you're gonna go first. You have five seconds the, the, to answer three to give me three answers to a question, essentially. Yeah. Yep, okay. Um the theme this week is around the championship, because I had no other means to connect anything. And I would like you, Ben, to name three players to have worn the number one jersey for Norwich in the championship. Now, before I, we go, I shall preface, I mean the championship since it's rebranding from the year 2004 onwards. Okay? <laughs> Are we good? Yeah. Super. Okay, Ben, ready? Three, 28 two, second one. challenge. <laughs> Three, uh, two, one, go. John Ruddy, Tim mm-hmm. Krull, mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Green? Oh, you, you no. would have been right. Yeah, no, you were yeah. right, but yeah. you were just over the time. Ah, oh, okay. that's right. I, oh, I, I had some. I had a long leading period as well there. So. <laughs> that's fine. See, I knew you'd never play the game before. I was helping you out, man. <laughs> Great work. Okay, Great super work. duper. Steve, you, my friend, have to name three players to have worn the number three jersey for Norwich in the championship, and go. Oh, Drury, Whitaker, and whoever's got it at the moment. Can't remember. Oh, remember. Who's three? Oh, Byram. Byram, Byram yeah. Absolutely. Although has, he's never played for us in the championship, I don't think, so I don't know mm. if that would have been right. And oh, also Stephen Whitaker was number two. Okay. Didn't even get that one. Great work. season, had you have said Carlos Cuellar, oh, we'd have been on the money, but uh, no, oh, not quite. How could I forget? Amazing him. delivery from I? Ryan there. Thank you. Yeah. Well, any, were there any other threes? Sorry. <laughs> there, just... there, yes, there were uh, Martin Olsen, James' husband as well. James, James Jimmy husband. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, you have yeah. the one which has the most possible answers. Are you ready? Oh, I need you to name. You're cool. welcome. I need you to name three players to have worn the number six jersey for Norwich in the Championship and go. Uh, ben Gibson. Oh, I've gone completely blank. Uh, no. Nope. Oh, it's done. <laughs> it's I'm done. It's tough. I, I don't even know. I think of now. Zimbo. Did he wear six? Uh, Chris, Zimbo. Yeah. 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 Zimbo. You don't um, think it's a I could completely back. Uh, oh, um, Michael Turner. Yeah, that's one. You also Hux. could have had. Darren Huckabee, Dayan Stefanovic, Huck. or Zach Whitbread. Hucks. Bloody hell. Mm. Sorry, I wasn't listening to the rest. Was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ben, your final question is I need what? you to. Oh, we do another one. <laughs> okay. Right. Of course you are. Yeah, one more. All right, Ben. You <laughs> <laughs> think you weren't that much of a fan. Yikes. <laughs> okay, Ben. Yeah. You need you to name three players to have finished top scorer in a Norwich City Championship season. And go. Uh, Tamu Puki. Um... Oh, it's done. Uh, Cameron Drain. Oh, it's done already, I'm afraid. You could have also had Grant Holt, Leroy Lita, Jamie Curitan, Robert Earnshaw, and Dean Ashton. Leroy Lita. <laughs> Doesn't count if you get relegated, surely. Carry <laughs> on. Uh, that was great. Okay, yeah. Ma- Michael. Michael, right, you, yeah. you now, we're going back to you now. You have to name three English players to have scored a hat-trick for Norwich in the Championship. And go. Uh, uh, Darren Huckabee, Grant Holt, uh, uh, Dean oh, Ashton. it's done! It's done! It's done already. You Ashton you were did. right with Dean Ashton. Darren Huckabee didn't. Grant Holt did. You could have also had Leroy Lita, Jamie oh, Curitan, Gary Hooper, and James Madison. Yeah, wow, yeah, two shoutouts for Leroy Lita in the same. Oh, exactly. Leave my favourite quiz. Steve, your question is: How many Norris strikes with the surname Lita can you name? <laughs> <laughs> I need you to name anagrams of Leroy Lita and go. <laughs> Okay, Steve, your question. No, last only, one. Last there are, one. There are only four possible answers to this. <laughs> Even if you want more, Ryan, there's not going to be. No, more. no, I'm literally okay, going to okay, cut you Steve, off. Steve, quickly. Okay, name three foreign players to have scored a hat trick for Norwich in the Championship. Go. Tammy Puki, Simeon Jackson, and I am out. Oh, so close. You could have also had either Nelson Oliveira or Wes Houlihan. Oh, Wes. Yeah. Good shout with Simeon Jackson there, Steve. Not good enough. It is not good enough. Well, I think football quizzes were the winner there. 
and probably Ryan. In fact, Ben, I think you did best at yeah. one of us, so well done. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm not sure anyone got anyone right then. Yeah. I don't think football quizzes were the winner there. I think none of us succeeded in any of them. Or the only brilliant Ryan, as always, thank you so much. Especially for being, you know, frazzled. Oh, no, the real winner was Leroy Lita, guys. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah. He'll never get mentioned on this podcast again. Oh, Willie. Uh, one other point of business, Steve, was a squad numbers question, wasn't it? Now, we got asked two weeks ago. <laughs> did we get asked? You remember oh, it? Yeah, yeah. I okay. think Steve dreamed this question up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael, can you confirm that this definitely happened? Uh, somebody asked us, who is the last Norwich City player to wear a different shirt, number shirts for three seasons in a row? So three different shirts, three different seasons. Um I don't know if Ben wants to come in at any point. I know he's really keen to, uh, to discuss this one. Um, but oh, did I... Did they have the answer before we went on air? No? Well, I, I think... God, so Godfrey did, but he never actually played one of those seasons because he's on loan. Oh, right. So I'm claiming, perhaps incorrectly, I haven't double-checked this, that Graham Dorans um, wore three different shirts of which I can't actually remember the numbers. I think he was 41 in his first season and then something like 18 and yeah. then four. Yeah. Um, that's spot on. The three yeah. seasons he was there. So there was the answer to the question that literally no one was asking. One person may have done originally, or I may have just had a fever dream and uh, it was the most boring no, I, fever dream imaginable. <laughs> I'm, sure it, I'm sure it was an organic question from the viewers. And I remember Zach Nelson messaged me on Twitter to say Ben Godfrey uh, wore three numbers. Um, there you go, Zach. Uh, I think that's probably right. Um, and and I'm sure someone else messaged me as well, and I can't find it. So I think we've really, really nailed that. And You've got uh, the that of a man that's, that's thinking, let's just wrap this whole thing up now. Absolute <laughs> end to conclusion there. Um, which just leaves me to go through final messages. Uh, Luke Travis, Daniel Farker, second in the Bundesliga. Yes, he is. After two, so they played on Friday night as well, didn't they? they well, yes, Friday indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Out. Glad back. <laughs> um, I think it was two penalties. No, no, they won one, one nil, but they had two penalties. And also they were they played against nine men, I think, or eight, ten men. I don't know. Lots happened. Very exciting, obviously. Uh, good for Daniel. Um, what else was going to say? Oh, Dan Mayhew, following my early point, which I might have missed, will we see me at a Norwich, lady, uh, Norwich women's games? Hope the Euro success brings more crowd to the Norwich women's team. Yes, indeed. So it's me correcting you, Dan. Uh, Dan shouldn't do that. Um, but yes, I will be at a game at some point, definitely. And I will be um, covering them as best as I can, bearing in mind it's just me. <laughs> but uh, if I can get to a game, I will be there. Um, and I look forward to following their progress and hoping they've made a few signings. So I'm hoping they'll have a good season this season. That would be great, especially... Um, off the back of the Euros. Go on, Lauren. Uh, and finally, Stephen Stibbons. Sorry, Michael, I can't take you seriously when you look like Kevin and Perry. I think it's a reference to my hat, um, which is because I'm going on holiday. So um, I've got to help my wife, who is presumably downstairs packing so we can leave. So uh, in that case, I'm going to bring this podcast to a dramatic end, if that's okay. Um, but thank you, uh, as always, for everyone. Um and I'm now going to start my outro link because I've mucked that up. So, <laughs> right, that's it for another On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that always thought it was Alec. Oh, I've even mucked that up. <laughs> it's just like the wibble, you, the wibble okay? noise from the scrimmage, right. isn't it? What's happening? I'm, I'm, I'm fat, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, normally people would just edit it, but because we stream it live, it becomes very difficult to do that. <laughs> you've taken it over an hour as well you're doing oh, really don't well. don't my wife is going to come in here in a minute and say what the hell are you still doing <laughs> right that is it for another on the ball the norwich city podcast that always thought it was alex rather than alec see get the joke if you're yet to do so make sure you subscribe by your podcast player of choice you know this pod's free and available go get it you know all that sort of stuff we do stream it live but you know that because you're watching it unless you're listening to it and then you can find it on the streams ratings and reviews always prompted um are they always prompted you can you know leave a review and a rating if you wish it's, it's all good i don't mind uh, if you want to get in touch with me do so at michael j bailey is the handle on twitter Thanks to our guests this evening. Uh, ben, thank you so much for having you on. Can we do it again on video? 
Yeah, why not? Thanks for having yeah. me on, Michael. Great news. Brilliant to have you. Glad everyone's well, and we'll see you real soon. Ryan, thank you as always. I feel like I should tell you to go and rest. Oh, thank you. I'm going to go to bed now. I'm not. Good man. <laughs> That's the way. Sleep for a week. Um, Steve, a pleasure as always. Um, will you host next week? Uh, I mean, yeah. You, I've already said I will. So. You have already said you will, yeah. yeah. That wasn't as big a question as you felt. Yes, I will. Um, <laughs> I feel like you definitely need that holiday yes get me out of here um yeah, have a uh, nice time. i will do thank you i mean i might be on the pod as well don't know yet oh okay yeah, yeah steve's gonna host it so that'll be great uh so we will be back next monday not tomorrow obviously next monday for another edition of on the ball and a fresh bout of canary capers until then never mind the danger